This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Today, Ryan, we're going to talk about emergency items. Nice. We're going to talk about preparing for emergencies. Nice. And... We're going to talk about when it's appropriate to hold on to certain just-in-case items. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. I, I don't know if this is the perfect time to release this episode or if it's too late, but because of the pandemic, it's like if we could have put this out pre-pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, maybe uh, people wouldn't have impulsed bought yes. when everything started hitting the fan. Oh. But also... Um, sometimes you got to learn those hard lessons. So uh, releasing this post, well, I guess we're still kind of in the pandemic, but you know, uh, we're we're like we're uh, we're we're um, skilled. We are experienced pandemicers at this point. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, right? Yeah, we we are always in the middle of some sort of personal pandemic. It may mm. not be a a widespread pandemic. There's always some sort of emergency that's mm. going on in our lives. Mm. Now, most of these emergencies are sort of self-induced. Mm. Remember back in the corporate world, we were always putting out fires. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they were self-created fires, though. It was like we were pyromaniacs, but we were also amateur firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, was constantly, all the time. In fact, I love that you're talking about yeah, pandemic preparation because there is always sort of this emergency or something around the corner, some sort of crisis that is on the horizon mm. somewhere. Even if it's not to us, it could be within our community, to our friends, family, loved ones, mm. distant relatives, some other country. And, and so yeah, our new book, which is called Love People Use Things, it comes out in July. By the way, it's available for pre-order if you are in the UK, Ireland, Australia, or New Zealand, lovepeopleusethings.net. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll hold up. You can see the beautiful cover. I have a copy, an early advanced copy of the book here. Ryan, the preface to this book is called Pandemic Preparation. Mm. I'm just going to read a little bit. Now, the first paragraph here I'm going to skip because I, I want to save it for when the book comes out. I wrote it in uh, the same style as one of my favorite crime writers. I always wanted to write sort of genre crime fiction. And I tried some in my 20s, and it just never, it never went anywhere. Uh, in fact, there was this novel I worked on called Just Past Central that the character died in the first line, the oh, main character. Yeah. And so I was having trouble, like it didn't go very far. Anyway, uh, one of my favorite writers is a guy named Adrian McKinty. I did a quarantine conversation with him over yeah. on Patreon, and it was my favorite quarantine conversation that I did. And he has some very famous novels, Dead I Well May Be, his Great most book. famous one. Yeah, it's it, yeah. truly phenomenal I wish book. they'd turned that into a movie. Yeah, they, they bought the rights and never turned it into one. Yeah. But his new book, The Chain, is optioned to be a movie, and it's a phenomenal book. Cool. Anyway, I wrote the first paragraph to the book in Adrian McKinty style. I'm not going to read the whole paragraph, but I'll read the first, the first sentence here. The streets are a rumpant with uniformed men wielding titanic assault rifles. 
That's the first sentence of love people use things. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into what's happening. There's this sort of this post-apocalyptic thing that's happening early in the book. But I'll skip ahead to page two. And it says this. Our new normal feels grossly abnormal with the twin terrors of financial and physical uncertainty an undercurrent of angst continues to pulse through our days. But perhaps there's a way to find calm and even to prosper in the middle of the chaos. Let's pause there for a second, mm -hmm. Ryan. Chaos. When we're talking about emergencies, that's really what we're talking about. Yeah. Chaos. Unplanned chaos. Well, planned chaos is not chaotic, really. Oh, yeah, that's true. And so when I think about emergency preparation, the number w I think of two things. One is my favorite Mike Tyson quote, the great philosopher Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. Of course, everyone knows the quote. Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's you, you get the gist of it. Mm -hmm. And what I get from that is we can plan as much as we want. We can prepare as much as we want. Mm -hmm. But when... The poop hits the fan. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the plans go out the window really quickly. Yeah. It's interesting because when you said that, it made me think of hoarders and how they, they don't know what they're planning for, but they're just holding on to everything. Like when I think of the show Hoarders, like mm -hmm. how much stuff, expired food. Yes extra whatever right and yeah it's it's funny because they're always planning just in case but um i've never heard any of them actually articulate what they're planning for and and thus <laughs> it creates chaos because yeah i love you just said that ryan the thing i wrote down is what are you preparing for mm. and i think about emergencies i actually think there are three different types of emergencies now Comment on YouTube if there's another kind of emergency you want to, to comment on. By the way, while you're on YouTube, you can see I went to the dermatologist yesterday. And so if I apologize if my face looks a little bit crazy right now. <laughs> he zapped all kinds of things on, on my face. So feel free to comment and, and let me know that you still think I'm pretty. <laughs> but so there are three types of emergencies. Three types of emergencies. Is one of them an active shooter emergency? Sort of, yeah. Yeah, that's the first one, immediate emergency. Yeah. Now that can be something as simple as we were hiking with Ella a week or two ago and, and her little Russian friend, Sasha, who is so, so Russian. Uh, <laughs> see, she scraped up her knee. Um, uh, Olya is our, our friend. Um, she cuts your hair sometimes, right? Yeah. And um, she, she's wonderful. And her son, she's, she's Ukrainian. Her son is, is Russian. And uh, although he's American, but he has a lot of Russian tendencies. So Ella busted her knee while we were out hiking in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And uh, she's bleeding and this little six-year-old Sasha comes up to me and he goes, do you know the difference between me and her? And I'm like, what? I don't bleed like she does. <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> and when she was like back there crying because her knee was scraped up, he came up to me. And the first thing he said, I, this is not a joke, Ryan. He walked up to me mm -hmm. and he said, but she didn't even die. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, now, oh, I know funny. what he meant. Like, it, it's just like the way he communicates is sort of very blunt, like mm -hmm. a, a, the sort of Russian way, mm -hmm. the, the Russian equivalent. Anyway, the first type of emergency is some sort of immediate emergency. It can be something as horrific as an active shooter, like what we saw in Dayton, Ohio a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, it can also be um, 
where you just skin your knee or you break a bone or you have to go to the emergency room, an immediate emergency. Mm. Anything that can happen that is immediate needs to be taken care of right away. That's why we have emergency rooms. That's also why we have you know, emergency items like a first aid kit in mm. the car or in the house. In fact, I have a first aid kit in my car and that really helped with Ella's busted knee, yeah. right? And so I only keep three things in my car. Mm. There's only three things in my car. There's mm. a Literally, you open the glove box, there's an, a black envelope with mm -hmm. my registration and insurance card. So that's one thing, mm -hmm. the envelope. Two is uh, in my center console, I have some tissues. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like a little slot for tissues right there. If there wasn't a slot, I don't think I would keep them there. <laughs> and then in the back, I have a, a first aid kit. Mm. And it was ideal to have right there. I'm so glad that we had it. Mm. And so that's what I was preparing for, right? Now, the two other types of emergencies. The other is a sort of stay-at-home disaster. Now, that can be short-term where it's like, oh, my God, you had power that went out for how long? Four days. Oh, my. I that, know. And, and in so, Hollywood. In, yeah. It was crazy. Back when you lived in Hollywood. Back when I lived there, yeah. Yeah. It was and, nuts. And so when you were there and the power went out, that was sort of a stay-at-home emergency mm -hmm. or disaster of some sort. That was sort of a planned disaster. You kind of knew about it. You didn't know it was going to be as long though, right? Yeah. You know, thank goodness for uh, having lived in Montana for as long as we did because there was a, uh, when Mariah and I first moved in together, there was a point where we lost our power in Montana during the winter mm -hmm. and I had to take a shower. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to, you know, I think about Jolene Smith and the flinch and, you know, everyone who talks about taking a cold shower. I'm like, well, I'll just take a cold shower. Montana cold showers are different. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was it was brutal. So when I had to take cold showers when my power was out recently, it was nice to like compare and contrast like, oh, you know, what? at least this isn't a Montana cold shower. Yeah, it was still very cold. Uh, but yeah, by the end of the shower, it wasn't. It wasn't a uh, numbing where like the Montana one, I was very numb after taking that cold shower. <laughs> well, especially because you, you, there's nowhere to go warm up either. Right. It's just cold in Montana in the winter. Yeah, right? yeah. So what are you preparing for? Is it an immediate emergency? Is it a stay at home? So the stay at home thing can mean maybe we need to stay at home for a prolonged period of time. Mm. And now the third one is what I would call a go emergency or an evacuation emergency. Mm. So your building is being evacuated because of a natural disaster like an earthquake or a to tornado or, or, or something. And so you want to have some sort of grab bag, a go bag. In mm. fact, on the Maximal episode this week, we're going to talk about exactly what's in your go bag. Oreos. <laughs> Just an entire <laughs> bag of Oreos. Um, and, and in fact, you inspired me to create my own go bag. And I want to talk about that process as well. Mm. And so those are the three types of emergencies, immediate, stay at home, and then sort of evacuation emergencies. And so what are you preparing for? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Returning to love people use things here. I didn't know it at the onset of this project, but, but while quarantined in my home during the pandemic, I realized that Ryan Nicodemus, the other half of The Minimalists, and I had spent the last two years writing not just a relationships book, but in many ways, a pandemic preparation manual. Mm. If only we would have gotten to this, if only we would have gotten this book into the hands of struggling people, those in debt, those whose priorities aren't shaped by their values, those consumed by consumption before the spread of the virus, we would have prevented a great deal of heartache because intentional living is the best form 
of preparation. Amen. You can tweet that podcast, Sean. In fact, if I were to rephrase that specifically for this episode, I would say that minimalism is the ultimate form of preparation. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I mean, it just reminds me of, you know, people kind of jabbing us on Twitter when the pandemic first started happening. And they're like, oh, I bet you're regretting getting rid of all that stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, I've spent the last 10 years making sure that what I have in my home is important. Right. And it's things that I actually need and I use. So um, actually, it's kind of nice because I can be home without a hoard of clutter mm-hmm. and I have everything I need. That's the key. And, and in fact, in any of this, in fact, uh, let me a- ask Andrea's question here from Facebook. She says, how do we reconcile what we actually need with what we want? Mm. Well, it's because as soon as you identify what enough is which is what you've done in your home. Sure. You say, I already have everything I need. And in an emergency specifically, what you want really isn't important. Right. You, if, you're, if it's during an emergency, it's like, well, I don't have my most comfortable socks, right? Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. we don't actually worry about those things. Mm-hmm. If we're in a true emergency, then having what you need is what we're talking about now. And so this is an evergreen episode. This has nothing to do with the pandemic mm-hmm. because there's always some sort of pandemic that's going on inside us or around us in some respect. Returning to text here, when you step back, it's easy to see that the so-called preppers, the embarrassment of hoarders we see in our TV screens, are the least prepared for a crisis. You can't trade canned corn and ammunition for the support and trust of a loving community. You can survive, however, if you need less, and you can thrive even in a crisis, if your relationships are thriving. Mm. It goes on to talk more and more about the pandemic and preparation and how we conflate essential items with non-essential items and junk. And then it says, in an emergency, not only must we jettison the junk, but many of us are forced to temporarily deprive ourselves of non-essentials, those things that add value to our lives during regular times, but aren't necessary during an emergency. If we can do this, we can discover what is truly essential, and then we can eventually reintroduce the non-essential slowly in a way that enhances and augments our lives, but doesn't clutter them with junk. Mm. And so, you can check that out. By the way, like I said, available for pre-order right now, UK, Australia, New Zealand, lovepeopleusethings.net. That does help us out if you are interested in the book and you want to pre-order it. But Ryan, before we get into our questions today, let me just say this. When I think about emergencies, mm-hmm. I do feel like, especially the OCD in me, I want to be prepared for everything. Sure. But let me talk about what I think is the most important thing during emergency. Hmm. I think the key takeaway from this entire podcast episode is don't panic. Mm. Because you can be the most prepared person in the world, but if the disaster hits, mm. when you get punched in the face, so right. to speak, yeah. and you panic, then all that other stuff doesn't serve you at all. All the preparation goes out the window. It does. Yeah. And so I think maybe the, the, the best way to prepare is no matter how you've prepared, is that during the crisis, you remain calm. Yeah. You never look in the rear view and say, I wish I would have panicked more yesterday. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean, I'm, I'm not saying do nothing, Sure. be inactive, freeze. That's not what I'm saying. We mm-hmm. can take action, though, without panicking. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's such a, oh, it's a very visceral thing, right? Like, uh, 
uh, when I think of when you and me and Mariah were walking down the street and uh, the cops were pulling their guns. We were in Hollywood. Yeah. And you and I were started running and Mariah just froze. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's it's important to, um, I don't know, man, like, because that's something with Mariah that we've talked about. And because, you know, I'm like, hey, Mariah, this probably isn't the only emergency that's going to happen in our lives. So, um, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, we can take some steps to make sure that you're not freezing like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what those steps are. I mean, she's been meditating more. Um, she's, you know, been doing a lot of yoga, whatever. Uh, will that help? I don't know. But I'm just saying in an emergency, sometimes, you know, it's, it's impossible for someone to not panic I guess because yeah, there's that fight flight or freeze response mm-hmm. but I'll tell you man I perform best in an emergency situation yes and I think it's do. because of growing up I had emergencies constantly happening in my life so yeah now when an emergency happens like I can it's almost more calming to me mm-hmm. and almost like I it, like I, I get this instant calm when something is happening because it's like okay like I have to be alert and I have to know what to do right now you become hyper focused in a way yeah and yeah, so what's fascinating what you were talking what you're talking about there we were on Coenga Boulevard or street or whatever it is mm-hmm. Avenue and we were walking up there I think it was after a concert or before a concert and as we were walking mm-hmm. we saw the cops they were drawing the guns on these people because they had guns in their car apparently. yeah like as they were they had them pulled over for a traffic stop and we heard them say he has a gun yeah and so you and i didn't run out of panic we ran simply out of hey we know we have to take some sort of action yes. And so sometimes panic looks like freezing so so in mm. a way mariah mm. yeah she panicked and in her panic response was to freeze yeah and so sometimes panic looks like inaction sometimes it looks like over Overextension of action or, or hyperactive, right? And and what you and I did was simply run to safety. Yeah. We wanted to get behind a brick wall as soon as we possibly could. What's crazy because you, Mariah, and I were the only ones. Everyone else was going toward it with their away. cell phone. Yes, they were all had their phones out and they're like starting to record it. Oh yeah. my gosh! And so that's a type of emergency, or it certainly could. It was on the the precipice of an emergency. I want to say this before we get into our next question, Ryan. I you've seen Jack Reacher? Oh yeah, with Tom Cruise yeah. based on the the novels. He is I think he's the most prepared for emergencies. Mm-hmm. And although he doesn't have any accoutrements to prepare for emergencies, mm-hmm. he in fact w- when you see him in the film or in the books, he he has only the clothes on his back. He doesn't have a backpack with him. He doesn't have a spare this or spare that. Yeah. He doesn't have anything. He's an extreme utilitarian minimalist yeah and so let me just say this i strive to be like jack reacher even during emergencies (laughs) and this is kind of where you and i maybe bifurcate a little bit but i will say that uh i fail a lot because anything more than what jack reacher has in my eyes Mm -hmm. for me only for me Mm -hmm. is a failure Mm. and of course i have more than jack reacher because i have an apartment with a couch and i have a go bag now and <laughs> yeah. and so i'm failing constantly but I, i'm always keeping that in mind the most prepared person in an emergency is a fictional character mm. called jack reacher mm-hmm. and where he is prepared because why because he'd never panic wouldn't that be the most boring jack reacher movie ever if it was like he was just like avoiding an earthquake <laughs> showed him, it showed what he did after like a natural disaster <laughs> <laughs> it would. Hey, Grace from Columbia, Missouri has a question for us. 
so I've really started going through a lot of my own things and kind of listening to what you guys are saying and adapting it to my own life. But the thing I don't really haven't been able to get over is you're talking about just in case things. And I totally get it. We have a lot of things in our room. I can probably think of 10 at this point that um, are just in case items in case we need to fix something or in case something happens. But what are your thoughts on the just in case first aid kit? That's something, I mean, just while listening to one of your podcasts while I was cooking the other day, uh, sliced my finger open with a food processor and, you know, bleeding finger, band-aids are kind of important. So where do you guys kind of fall on the first aid kit in the, the just-in-case category? So, Ryan, the first thing I want to do is send Grace a copy of our Minimalist Rulebook. It's mm. free. You can download it theminimalists.com slash rulebook or if you want the audiobook version Ryan and I did like a little mini podcast series with the audiobook we even made up a few new rules on the fly <laughs> I'll tell you strangely it's one of my favorite things that we've ever done it was a two and a half hour sit down conversation where we really fleshed out these rules and showed how we applied them to our own lives yeah. and I want to talk about three or four of those rules in particular that I, I want to outline for Grace because I think we get confused she's right just in case three most dangerous words in the English language and yet we use those words to justify holding on to virtually everything. Yeah, it's easy to do. Yeah. It's really easy. I mean, you know, every time you get a new electronic and it comes with like those extra cables. Or manuals. Or manuals, yeah. I got to uh, keep the box. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, the manuals, that is, has, is now the easiest thing to get rid of because they're all online. Mm -hmm. So it's very, but uh, yeah, but you're right though. I mean, when I was doing the packing party, there were a lot of manuals or a lot of like random cords because we hold on to it just in case because we don't want to have to go and buy a cable if we need one. You right. Know? Yeah. So so what, what I want to do for Grace here is I want to delineate just in case, just for when. So mm -hmm. we have a just in case rule. We also call it the 2020 rule. We have the just for when rule. And then we have the emergency item rule. Yeah. We also have something called the seasonality rule. And I think most of our items that, that I own now fit within the seasonality rule. Yeah. And so the seasonality rule says, hey, if I, I look at something, like, uh, camping equipment is a great example right now. Mm -hmm. So the day this comes out is the end of March and so I look back let's say you have some my wife has a, a you know a bunch of camping equipment mm -hmm. her and Ella go camping I don't go camping mm -hmm. I grew up poor I don't need to recreate my childhood <laughs> um, and and so they have camping equipment and the question is like well it was just winter have you used it in the last 90 days if not, am I going to use it in the next 90 days mm -hmm. and if not I give myself permission to let go there are a few exceptions to that just for win items and emergency items. Mm. So the 99 year rule just covers most regular items. The yeah. items that I own all fit within that seasonality rule. That's one of the rules in the minimalist rule book, 16 rules for living with less. Mm -hmm. And the just in case, so I, well, here's what I did, Ryan, is I, I went around my house, I took a complete inventory of all of my just in case items. Mm. And uh, it's this, in, well, there's none. <laughs> Zero just-in-case items. Yeah. Now, it took me a long time to figure this out. In fact, you and I came up with this rule back in 2011. Yeah. The 2020 rule. You want to well, talk about that? Yes, it's when we realized we were the biggest hypocrites uh, because it was our very first tour. We were the minimalists uh, going to our first city uh, to, to, to do a meetup. And we get to the hotel. We open up the trunk. And it was just, we had like four bags between the two of us for like a... Five if you count my garment bag. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, if, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, I just remember thinking like, oh my God, we are the biggest freaking hypocrites. And then we started talking about like, why is it? Why do we have all of these bags for, uh, what was it, like a 10 day trip? 
Yeah, maybe not even that. Eight yeah, days? Yeah, it wasn't very long. And we started to realize, like, oh, we're bringing all of these just-in-case items. Well, we were going to be in Florida, so certainly I wanted to bring swimming trunks because maybe we would go to the ocean. And maybe we did go to the ocean. Uh-huh. But I had, like, two or three pairs of swimming trunks. Three. Yeah, because, you know, if uh, we go swimming in the ocean and then I want to swim the next day, I need a clean pair of swimming trunks? I don't know. Uh-huh. But, but you know, that was uh, kind of our light bulb moment of, like, wait a minute. Um do we actually need all of these just in case items? Let's say we, you know, tried to jack reach it as much as possible and we got rid of all the just in case items. What would happen if we actually needed something? And what we realized is that we could probably get any of those items that we had just in case. We could probably get them uh, in less than 20 minutes for less than $20. And we started to apply that rule to our lives. We, how many times have we bought something? A decade later, Maybe. I think it's been six, five or six times. Between the both of us. But yeah, and so so think about that for a second. So on average, it's been three three times. Let's just mm-hmm. say I had to use it five times just by myself sure. in the last decade. Mm-hmm. That means that I spent $100, mm-hmm. less than $100 really, replacing five random widgets. Um, in fact, I write, wrote, wrote about this a little bit in Love People Use Things. I, I gave some examples. Like there was a pair of scissors I had to replace, mm-hmm. and uh, there were a few other things. I had to replace a toothbrush once because okay. I usually carry like a Go toothbrush mm-hmm. in my toiletry bag, and it just lives in there yeah. for when I travel. Yeah. Um, and I got rid of that, and uh, yeah, I got to a hotel and went to go brush my teeth. I was like, oh. I forgot it. That's right, but then I just went down. To the, I don't know if it was a CVS or whatever, and like just picked up a toothbrush. And then even most hotels now will give you a toothbrush right. in a lot of these places. Yeah. And so you can get it for free. But spending that $100 on five items, because at first it sounds like this incredible rule of privilege. Oh my God, I'm going to spend $20 every day on replacing these just in case items. Mm-hmm. I have tens of thousands of them. Well, no, that's the whole point. All these just in case items we're holding on to, we never end up using them. Right. Or if we do, it's five times in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, I spend $100 and it gave me permission. That $100 gave me permission to let go of tens of thousands of just-in-case items. Yeah. There are, however, a few just-in-case items that I do still hold on to. We call those emergency items. Mm. In fact, we have an emergency items rule in the minimalist rule book, 16 rules for living with less. And I'll just talk about a few of those. I wrote down some. I have a fire extinguisher at home. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what an emergency item is. Why is it different from a just-in-case item? An emergency item is something that I know I'm not going to need in the next 90 days. It's mm-hmm. not most likely, mm-hmm. but I hope I never actually need it. Right. And so it's only that I need it for an emergency. Mm-hmm. So a few examples, first aid kit. Mm-hmm. Now I ended up using one in the last 90 days personally, but I hadn't used one in, I don't know, probably 10 years previous to that. Mm. And yet I had it. So I was prepared. Yeah. I have a fire extinguisher at home. Um, I have, so that's like any sort of immediate emergency. What's interesting is like what you have today for emergency items is different than when you lived in Montana. That's true. So when you're planning these, well, hopefully you're not planning emergencies. Right. But when you're, you're planning uh, to get these emergency items, you have to be very clear on, okay, what do I need in my city? Cause you might be in a hurricane area. You might be in a forest fire area. Uh, in Montana, like we had to have chains for our tires. Yeah. That we only, I probably only use those two or three times, but there are certain times when you're traveling, like they won't let you go any further unless you put chains on your vehicle. Yes. Um, I had yeah. jumper cable, j- jumper cables in Montana. I don't, I got rid of them here, mm-hmm. even though as soon as I moved to California or last year, actually. So a few years after I moved to California is when I actually needed jumper cables, <laughs> but guess what? I survived. Someone else had jumper cables. Yeah. And 
if you walk away with another lesson from this whole thing is that the community support is always the way that we come together. I think yeah. back to Dayton, Ohio in 2019, that summer, two mm -hmm. major tragedies. We had the, the immediate emergency of the mass shooter yeah. down in the Oregon district of Dayton, Ohio, two blocks from where I first lived and where I lived most recently before I, I left Dayton. And you know, that's terrible, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then, of course, there was also the tornadoes yeah. that summer that devastated. Unfortunately, only one person died, but we're talking millions and millions of dollars worth of damage yeah. to homes and event centers, et cetera. But what happened? Everyone set aside their partisan politics, their personal beliefs, their opinions, and the whole community came together. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, I don't know, going to someone for help, and they're like, I don't know, who'd you vote for? Right. <laughs> Because wow. all of that is window dressing yeah. when we're really caring about people. Yeah, it's almost like we have the reason why we can care about politics the way we do is because we have too much time on our hands. We're so comfortable. We're so comfortable. Yeah. It's like we have this, uh, yeah, we have the time and energy to get angry over whatever, you know, Facebook fees us to get angry at. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And let me talk about a few. I'm, this is an incomplete list of potential emergency items. We talked about chains, fire extinguisher, first aid kit. Mm -hmm. Here's one that I think is the most important, an emergency fund. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so you, know, you and I both have a six-month emergency fund. It took a long time to sort of build that up. Yeah. And it's one of Dave Ramsey's first baby steps when he writes about that in the Total Money Makeover, setting aside $1,000 at first, and then eventually, once you've paid off your debts, having six months of income so that if some other emergency happens, mm -hmm. I have enough money that I'm not panicked Right. about that now it didn't happen overnight it took a long time to be able to build that up that nest egg yeah. years in fact yeah. but being able to do that gives you that peace of mind to prepare for any sort of now all kinds of that can cover a medical emergency it can cover a car emergency mm -hmm. you know, it, so you don't have to go into debt really important there because I, I don't ever want to go into debt yeah uh, we can talk about food and water you know so that is the one thing that i have for stay at home we have two weeks worth of food we we just do cases of sardines mm. and i know about food fatigue and all these other things but for us like we know like in an extreme emergency we at least have enough food to eat yeah two weeks worth of sardines and two weeks worth of water filtered water and we have that. that that's all we have for food and water at home but then also medication we're going to talk about medication on the maximal episode like how do you plan for medication mm. if say you're a diabetic for example and you need several months potentially yeah. we, we have some ideas around that I know some people even have a generator at home my mm. building doesn't have a generator in it. I live in an apartment condo complex and and uh, we don't have a generator but some people find that mm. and then uh, a go bag. We're going to talk about that on the Maximal as well. Mm -hmm. Go through your inventory and yeah. what was in there besides the Oreos. Right. Uh, <laughs> Self-defense items. Mm. Now, you and I have a different view on guns. Mm. And we're going to talk about that a little bit on... We have a question on the Maximal episode. And we'll talk about our our sort of differences on guns. And also, where, where do we agree there on guns and ammunition? Cash can be an emergency item. Mm -hmm. For me, community help is, is number one. Uh, a P100 respirator or an N95 mask. Mm. We, we, we realized how important those were this past year. Yeah. And so especially if you want to filter out particulates, the regular masks that we use, you know, the cloth masks or whatever, they can be fine if I'm sneezing in a grocery store. Right. That can really help. It's going to help you from spreading particulates. Right. doesn't really help you 
from breathing in the, the particulates. Yeah. And maybe if, even if it does marginally, it doesn't help nearly as much as a P100 respirator. Yeah. And and so you can buy those relatively inexpensively. I have a, a couple N95 masks in my go bag, which we'll talk about. And then I'd love to hear about from you. What emergency items do you keep? You can let us know in the, uh, in the YouTube comments. And I want to talk to you about just for when items. Mm. So how do I differentiate, differentiate just in case for just for when? A just for when item is a sincere want that doesn't fit within the 90-90 rule. Mm. It's something that adds value to our lives. We can probably do without it. It may not be a need, a true essential need. Mm. And we also might not use it in the next 90 days. Here's a few examples. Quite often these are consumables, toilet paper, paper towels, tissues, toothpaste, etc. You don't buy our toothpaste one nurdle at a time, as right. I often say. Uh, for me, it's catnip. I accidentally ordered like six bags of catnip. Accidentally? <laughs> yeah. Were you drunk ordering? No, I just, I ordered one thing of catnip. Oh. And they sent me six and I look, looked back and it was like, it was like, I don't know, five or six bucks, yeah. which is usually what one bag costs. So I just didn't see that the quantity was six. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, I guess Mac has enough catnip for like the next year and a half. Right. And so instead of throwing that out, <laughs> right. now you could, I guess, find other people yeah, who I could, could donate use it, it, but it doesn't it, go bad. And if it was bothering you, then you could find an alternative. And that's really what it comes down to, right? Yes. Like, is it bothering you? It always comes down to what is your comfort level? Yeah. And for me, I prepare just beyond that line so that I am a bit uncomfortable because you, you're not supposed to be comfortable during a crisis. Mm -hmm. If you're extremely comfortable during a crisis, then it's not actual crisis, right? Mm. Uh, and so I think about other just for when items. These aren't emergency items. Seasonal decorations. So for example, we have Christmas lights for right. a Christmas tree, right. right? We have ornaments for a Christmas tree. Right. So like in April, if you're doing the 90-90 rule, right. it's not going to... Technically, you have to get rid of it, but you can look right. at those items and say, oh, yes. I know I'm not going to use them in the next 90 days, but I will use them when Christmas time rolls around. And then I have to be honest with myself, because if I don't use it for a year or two, then mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'm going to give myself permission to let this go. Mm. I also have a few just for win boxes in my house. So I actually have, I have, I have three. As soon as you walk in my, my house, in fact, if you see it on our latest documentary, Less Is Now, on mm -hmm. Netflix, when Ryan comes in and we're hugging each other, there's a little closet there to the left-hand side. If you're walking in, it's to the right-hand side. And I have these two small bins. And they're, we call them just for wind bins. And Bex and I, in fact, just went through them yesterday and made sure there was nothing that we're like, okay, is there anything we want to get rid of in here? And it's just basic things like light bulbs, zip ties, and um, a sewing kit. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of paint, like spackle, and uh, some duct tape. Mm. Some bleach and a shovel. <laughs> Wait some a tarps. minute. <laughs> 50 gallon black garbage bags. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think about the just for one stuff for me. Uh, like, I have a toolbox, mm -hmm. and I probably have to use it only, you know, once every year, twice a year, something like that. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, um, it's, it's important to be able to to be honest with yourself and ask like, oh, am I actually going to be using this at a certain point? So every time I see those tools, because it does take up some room, mm -hmm. I look at those tools and I'm like, oh, because it's, I don't know, it's yay big. Right. <laughs> if you're watching the video, no, what is that? Uh, about a foot and a half by a foot and a half. It's just like a, like kind of a tool bucket, I guess. Okay. Uh, but every time I see that, I'm like, God, that thing takes up so much room. I think about getting rid of it and I'm like, no, like, dude, you, you are going to use those tools. You actually use it. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the key with the just for one item. You are certain you're going to use it. Mm -hmm. The just in case items, you're like, eh, I'll probably use that someday. Maybe. I'm Maybe. not sure. Eh. Yeah. But you, you actually won't. And that's where the being honest comes in. The emergency item is, 
Oh, during an emergency, I hope that I will have this on mm-hmm. hand. And that's how I delineate. Now, I have one other just for when item. Actually, two I want to talk about. One for me is a photo scanner. That mm-hmm. was a regular item for a long time for me. Yeah. But I Now that I have a scanner on my phone and I've scanned all my photos that are up, uploaded to the cloud, I, I don't need this, the photo scanner anymore. And so I'll probably just get rid of it at some point. Yeah. Because um, I, I don't need it anymore. Yeah, I need it. So next time you come to the office, bring it. All right. Yeah, I need to scan some photos. There actually. you go. Minimalism. <laughs> Minimalism. That's right. And I have a just for when medicine box as well. So right mm. above our fridge, we had, you know, NyQuil and, and Advil and, and any prescription medications we have. You don't just go and like take random swigs of NyQuil to make sure that it uh, falls within the seasonality rule. Right. It's like, well, once, once a, a quarter, I get drunk off NyQuil. <laughs> no, but. What's fascinating about that is we still go through there about once a quarter and find anything that is expired. Yeah. Now, I have OCD, so t- sometimes it's once a month. I'll just go through all of these just for win bins <laughs> like once a month. fun for you after you get done ironing. You're like, what else can I do? I really like, <laughs> it, to me, it's like, ah, oh, how do I be more like Jack Reacher? Yeah. And yeah. Jack Reacher wouldn't have a medicine box. He mm. doesn't need it, but I do. And so what are the essentials in there? Now, Ryan, there are these what I would just call BS emergency items. Mm. Now, we've seen people in a crisis who panic, they overreact, and they, they don't act in accordance with their values because of that momentary panic. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the freezing earlier, but I saw this video of this woman who was down in Florida during a hurricane and they were forcing people out of their homes because otherwise they were going to drown. Yeah. And they're like, grab whatever you need right now but only what is essential. Mm. And she comes barreling out of the front door with like a seven-foot house plant. Wow. It's taller than her, and she's trying to carry it. It's getting stuck in the door jam. <laughs> and I realized like, oh, that's me. Yeah. It may not be the house plant, but there's all these things in my mind where I'm like, I would grab this or grab that. Yeah. And that, that is why it is important to have some sort of go bag. So you can grab what you need within 30 seconds, get out of the house if you absolutely need, need yeah. to. It makes me think about when Mariah and I were at Trader Joe's when the pandemic first started happening. Well, actually, when the thing started flying off the shelves, there's a certain point where all of a sudden everyone started panic buying. Yes. So we're in Trader Joe's. We were just getting our regular groceries. We were not panic buying. Um, but there were people in line. Like one one lady had a cart full of like, I don't know, probably two dozen bottles of wine mm-hmm. and uh, you know a bunch of like snack junk food. I saw one guy, he, as much as he could fit in his arms, he had these... Uh, like basically Oreos, uh-huh. <laughs> like these, all these cookies. Oh, like that—that that was the only thing he was holding was like a bunch That's of. That's all he had. Yeah, he was panic buying cookies. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Really? Now I get it. You can have some calories from that. Sure. But those are the BS emergency items. And this isn't judgment. This is just like an. It's identifying. Yeah. It's well. Yeah. And any time we judge anyway, what are we doing? We're just we're really judging ourselves. Holding up a mirror. That's yeah. it. And what you're saying is, under another circumstance, I would be the guy holding the cookies. Hundred percent. And. Here's another BS emergency item. Hmm. Toilet paper, paper towels. Yeah. You never, ever need paper towels during an emergency. Yeah. I, I think about- Are they convenient? Sure. Yeah. Is toilet paper convenient? Yeah. Yes. But it's not a true emergency item. No, because, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's. My, I was talking to my Oma when she was running out of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll see if I can send you some, like, toilet paper, or, like, find some boxes of tissues to send you or whatever. And she was like, well- she was like, worst case scenario, there's a bath in my bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> and she comes from a time, I mean, she was growing up in Germany during World War II. Uh-huh. So uh, they didn't have electricity. They had outhouses. She was uh, making a joke about how when she was a kid, they would use um, newspapers 
as toilet paper. Yeah. And she joked around about like her and her sisters and her mom always having black butts because <laughs> the ink would rub off onto oh, their butts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, and actually there's something there with, you know, she, because she grew up very poor and not privileged, like the pandemic for her it wasn't that because she's went through way worse yes. than not being able to buy toilet paper. Right. Yeah. And so thinking about those other things, I saw someone else um, during a tornado where he was carrying like a, a milk crate full of books. Mm. And there's never a time where you need a crate of books as an emergency. <laughs> I get it. If you want to have one book with you. In fact, in my go bag, I have a tiny pocketbook. Mm. Uh, it's Anthony DeMello's. Uh, the way to love mm. and so i figure like if i have to go somewhere and i'm in the middle of the woods i at least have one if there's one book i'd want to read over and over and over because i already have read it several times yeah it's it's that one book mm. but it's super tiny it takes up no space whatsoever and uh, other things like cooking appliances i've seen people with crock pots or, or whatever these aren't emergency items however if we're at a if we're, the second type of emergency is stay-at-home disaster yeah. we already have most of the things we need anyway yeah and so once you've identified what is enough in your home, you realize, like, if I have to stay home, I already have everything I need. I do have enough toilet paper to last several weeks. I have a crock pot. As long as, I have, as, long as our water doesn't get turned off, which it, it's highly unlikely unless there is a disaster that destroys the pipes where we are. Right. Even in Wuhan at the peak of COVID, they had full water. Right. right? And so think about that. Um, we can't prepare for everything, but we're generally going to have access to water if, even if we don't have access to electricity. Electricity is less essential than water. Water is truly essential for right. us. And that's why I have some backup drinking water as well. Yeah, when our power went out for four days, I had to keep putting myself in this uh, mindset of, hey, Ryan, they used to live without electricity up until you know 150 years ago. Yes. Or however long ago you know, electricity became mainstream. Yeah, and it's just it's crazy because like now we think about it. I mean, you can actually sue your electric company wow. like if they don't. Like uh, when we had um, when we were out of power for four days, we had a bunch of food go bad. We had a bunch of food spoil, and uh, I mean, l- people were talking about how well you know you can call the electricity company and like have them reimburse you for their food. And I was just thinking like, isn't that crazy? Like it's it's really not. I mean, I guess it is a need depending on uh, like in hospitals and stuff like that. But even yes. then, like hospitals used to not have electricity, but now it's become such a need. Yeah. I'm saying that in air quotes mm-hmm. um, that if the if the power company doesn't get your electricity turn, get turned on fast enough, you can sue them for mm-hmm. not having electric. What Again, just blows my mind. Yeah, same. It, also, when I think about BS emergency items, the one that really is like the parody or the Jim Baker Buckets. Oh, yeah. Baker Buckets. Sean, if you can put a podcast, Sean, put a link to the uh, Vic Berger did this hilarious because he edited it funny with music and everything. The the really Because it shows you how absurd the Baker Bucket. Now, he also has buckets of Bibles. Mm. So if you want bu- buckets of Bibles and buckets of the preparation food, uh, it, it's literally, and he used them like for, as furniture as well. It's it's so absurd oh, wow. that it's hilarious. Yeah, we'll put a link to that video. It's a YouTube video in the show notes. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to nine three seven 
202-462-4654. Yes, indeed. Those texts go to both of our phones. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I answer questions with a short shareable, less than 140 character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place. Thanks to our good friend, Jessica. Minimalmaxims.com is that place. Yeah. Christopher has a question for us. What books, websites, podcasts would you recommend as resources for information regarding emergency preparedness? Have you heard of Love People Use Things? Right. (laughs) Although you can't have it in your house right now, but you can have it in your house this July. That's right. Until then, you're screwed. That's right. Well, it's an interesting question because, you know, what Christopher's asking for is, hey, are there people's... Uh, recipes that you follow, yes. And if so, wh- what recipes are those? Well, let me let me answer that because I, I like the way you sort of rephrase that. If I give you a pithy answer, I would just say this: Yes, there are some recipes out there, but keep in mind, their emergency is not your emergency. Mm. And so, because someone prepares a particular way, doesn't mean that's how you're supposed to prepare. There is no supposed to prepare. Right. It is what is appropriate for you. Let me tell you one that works personally for me. This works really well. When in doubt, go without. Mm. Yeah. What do you got for us, Ryan? During a disaster, your community is more important than your horde. Yes. So, if you focus on building relationships with your neighbors, with uh, other members of your community. Adding value. Adding value, then they are going to be there for you when there is an emergency. Now there is one, there's one website I will recommend only because I know the man who runs this website. He's on my men's team. Uh, It's noahsarkprep.com and he is a prepper. Mm. Like he is a, like way more stuff than I would have, especially because he owns his own home. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when you own your own home, you're going to have, if I own my own home, I, I might have a generator, you know? Sure. I don't know. Um, especially living in LA with, with earthquakes and stuff. But what he was able to do with me is, uh, he just, he does like one-on-one consulting and he was able to like give me a list of, of all the ingredients in his recipe. Yes. I don't even know how many things were on that list. And I literally just like circled when I was like, okay, these are things that I will put in my go bag or bug out bag is what the, the prepper community calls it. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so I was able to like pick and choose the ingredients and he was very helpful. He wasn't like trying to talk me into anything else. He was like, oh, okay, if this is what you feel like is appropriate, then I'll be more than willing to help you get this. Now, some of this stuff too, and we'll talk about this more in the maximal, but a lot of the stuff that I have in my bug out bag is a uh, it, I still use it on you know they're every, everyday items yeah they fall within the, the seasonality, seasonality rule, rule. Yeah, yeah exactly but you know it's funny. I was talking to I was talking to him about this podcast because um, I was like hey I'm going to mention your your website um, I just want to make sure that you know it, you are happy with the way it looks and people might show up and I was talking about the bug out bag and he was like you know. He goes, more important than the bug out bag, I, I talk about the get home bag. And the whole get home bag is a backpack that you carry. It's basically a first aid kit plus okay. that you constantly carry with you in case some kind of emergency happens and you have to hoof it back home. Uh-huh. Um, and I have not been able to talk myself into having a get home bag. But it just to the point of it is highly... Uh, individual when it comes to preparedness, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you are preparing yourself with what is comfortable enough. So yeah, there are some recipes out there, but you know, you're not going to follow someone in Miami, Florida. You're not going to follow their recipe. If you live in Missoula, Montana, 
because you've got different emergencies that you're preparing for. What I like about the Noah's Ark Prep.com is he provided you with basically a recipe. Here's 200 items, and you get to say, Great. Here's the 20 that are applicable right. to me. Not even that, but yeah. Yeah, as a minimalist, here's the the seven that are applicable to me. Yeah. And it's a just for taste. And for me, I might look at it and say, well, Ryan picked 20. I'm going to pick seven. Mm-hmm. And and because I'm a bit more utilitarian, it's not that he's right or I'm right or that Noah's Ark is is right. Mm-hmm. There's one other website we're going to cover on the maximal episode i'm going to go into depth but i'd be remiss if i didn't mention ready.gov there's two links that we're going to go over we'll put a link to both of these in the show notes now bex and i have done this make a plan you sit down and make your emergency plan together with your family absolutely so we've done that and then also building a kit now that can be the go bag but it can also be an at-home emergency kit so if you're planning for that stay-at-home disaster that's a that's a type of kit and if you're planning for the evacuation emergency that's the go bag then we'll talk about the inventory of both of our to-go bags but ready.gov has a lot of resources we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well we got a bunch more to talk about but first ryan what do you got for us here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners check them out hi josh and ryan this is michelle from west lafayette indiana there was a question about feeling guilt when taking people off social media, unfriending, unfollowing, or what have you. Once in a blue moon, I take a radical approach and delete my profile altogether. Now, I realize this won't be everyone's favorite idea. However, I've realized over time that the people who matter most to me will friend me again or vice versa. It's also nice to take what I consider a deep breath or maybe even a detox from that particular social media site. Again, I realize that this is not everyone's cup of tea, but it might be worth considering. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name's Amanda from Revelstoke, BC, Canada. As a divorced mom myself with an ex-partner who didn't initially see the value in saving for our son's future education, I would recommend the following. Number one, if possible, try to have something added to your separation agreement, which states exactly how much each parent is to contribute annually to an education savings fund for your child. Number two, Get creative. Start chatting with your child now about different ways to save money and work while in university to make up for any shortfalls. For example, things like becoming a paid teacher's assistant, resident advisor, campus bookstore rep, etc. You can also start talking to them about finding jobs that will pay for their living expenses, plus a little bit extra, during their university breaks. Things like summer camps, resorts, and cruise ships are all great options. In this way, students can work during all of their breaks, not live at home during their breaks, see the world, and get paid to do it. In fact, I personally was able to work seasonally during my entire six years of university, where I earned four degrees, and pay off $35,000 in student loan debt in just one year of working full-time on cruise ships after I finished my last degree. A great place to start your research is YouTube. For example, you can just YouTube or Google how to work on a cruise ship seasonally, and you'll come across just a ton of info. I want everyone to know there are ways to finish university almost completely debt-free or debt-free totally, get paid to travel and see the world, and build your resume at the same time. All right, y'all. we got a bunch more surprise questions this week on the Minimalist Private Podcast. Ryan, I'm really excited for this one because there's so many other things for us to talk about. I want to share yeah. my... The emer- my emergency shelter plan, the evacuation route with you, all, all of these things mm-hmm. over there. But first, uh, right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. A brand new month is right around the corner. And that means it's time for the 30-day minimalism game, also known as 
the hashtag less is now challenge yeah so at the end of our new film less is now on netflix it's called the less is now challenge basically here's how it works um and the reason i mention it now is because you can download the free minimalism game calendar the minimalists.com slash game all the rules for the game are over there as well it's free to play we don't charge you anything the calendar's free there's also some infographics and things that you can share over there if you're interested in that and a video that ryan and i recorded about the game basically here's how it works you partner up with someone a friend a family member a co-worker at the beginning of the month you decide to get rid of some stuff first day of the month you each get rid of one item second day of the month two items third day of the month three items starts off really easy bex and i and ella we all did this a few months ago in fact, you can see all of our progress. Even as minimalists, we found a way to get rid of stuff uh, because, it, well, we, it was time for us to let go of a few things. And we actually played together. Mm-hmm. You can see the progress on Bex's Instagram account. She's at Minimal Wellness. She posted photos of all the things that we let go of. Basically, we just got rid of 500 of Ella's toys. It was fine. Uh, we didn't have a problem at all. And uh, But no, you can uh, just partner up with someone. By the middle of the month, it starts... For me, Ryan, I noticed around day 12, it got really difficult. Mm. It was like, oh, okay, because tomorrow I have to get rid of 13 items. Mm. And then the next day, 14 items. But we, we made it all the way through. You'll actually be pleasantly surprised what we got rid of the last three days. It was... It's not cheating if you make up the rules, right? Right. So you just got rid of a bunch of paper clips. Sort of. <laughs> so it wasn't paper clips specifically, but yes. Yeah. Um, it, it was something in that vein. Anyway, uh, you can download the free calendar right now, theminimalists.com slash game, and you can play with your friends, family member, coworkers. Whoever goes the longest wins. If you both make it to the end of the month, then you both won because you've gotten rid of about 500 items, and that's a phenomenal start to simplifying your life. For added value this week, Ryan, I want to play this song. This song has been stuck in my head. Beck sent it to me a few weeks ago when we were apart, and I just played it, and then I played it on repeat over and over. It's James Blake. He has a song called Mile High, and it's featuring Travis Scott, of all people. Hmm. It's from his new album, Assume Form, but these lyrics really stood out to me. The lesson's always there, that less is always more. When you're alone with me, you never come up short. Hmm. And there's something we've been talking about today about being with your community. And if you have a community, if you're adding value to other people's lives, Mm -hmm. you'll never come up short, even in an emergency. Absolutely. So enjoy this song. It's called Mile High from James Blake. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week, like are guns and ammunition an appropriate emergency item? How can we avoid preparing out of fear and instead prep like a minimalist? How do I accumulate adequate medication for an emergency? How much cash should I keep on hand for emergencies? What is in Ryan Nicodemus' bug out bag? You'll never guess. Also, what's in mine? Plus a million more questions for The Minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, join us on The Minimalist Private Podcast this week. Visit theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. Ryan is cheaper than a cup of coffee. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention all of the archives that are out there. Mm. More minimalism than you can chew. (laughs) Ryan, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One episode at a time. That's right. Enjoy that. Theminimalists.com slash support. Dig into those archives. Hundreds of maximal episodes that are available only on Patreon. You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit 
theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive any new minimalist writings that we write for free. And if you leave here today with just one message, let it be this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. We on a drive looped in to see ride cooped in. Who gon' slide? Who's in? Big rocks round new ten. Fleetwood down new sand to see ride cooped in. Don't leave round loose ends. Don't be around new friends. Yeah. We just be mile high clubbing. I'm on a thousand miles running. It ain't go downtown sunny. Then moving uptown money. By yourself, by yourself, by yourself.